33 games down and one to go as the New York Red Bulls head north to wrap up the regular season. Playoff positioning still very much up for grabs. We talk about that and much more. As always, we invite you inside the booth with Matt Harmon and Steve Jolly right here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. We turn the calendar to the month of October, and we are back here and getting you set for what will be the final regular season game of this 2019 season. With Steve Jolly, I'm Matt Harmon. You're listening to us here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. As we get up and going, I say very good morning to my partner, who I'm a little bit worried about. You seem like you're in the midweek kind of doldrums a little bit. Is that is that true, or are you okay? That is confirmed, Matthew. Well, first, hello and good morning, and... Uh... Yeah, it's getting a little dark right now in my world. I'm still holding off for that. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm I'm holding off for that big power ball lottery win. But, uh, you know, just grinding, just doing what I need to do to become a better person. And uh, I'm more focused on, let's be honest, on, on taking a trip to Montreal and seeing this team win and get that poor spot that I've been begging for. Uh, in the Eastern Conference. The options are still there as we start what will be the final weekend heading into Decision Day on Sunday, the first Sunday of October. Here's what the standings look like in terms of the Eastern Conference. New York City has locked up the top spot. Second and third up for grabs, Atlanta and Philadelphia, each with 55 points. Atlanta would get that second spot if the playoffs started today because they've got 17 wins as opposed to 16 with Philadelphia. D.C. United occupies the four spot at 49, Red Bulls 48, Toronto 47, and New England 45. So, Steve, uh, before we we go too far ahead, let's spend a little bit of time and talk about the most recent game for New York, the scoreless draw with D.C. United that just took place on Sunday, final one over at Red Bull Arena. Hopefully it's not the final one, but certainly the final one of the regular season with a possible playoff game in the offing that uh, middle part of October. I think the one positive, one of the positives that you take out of that game is it seems like the defense has been able to work things out. Three consecutive games, three consecutive shutouts. Well, first of all, you need to slow your roll here, buddy. Let's let's just go back and rewind this uh, this podcast and its history and get back to brass tacks and just admit formally in this platform that I made the correct <laughs> all seven teams in the Eastern Conference making the the, uh, the playoffs. You know, we 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 will went you from please will you please just first before we move on, will you please just publicly say you know what, Steve? I, you know, with everything that was happening with Montreal going up there and New England and the doldrums, it just all worked out exactly the way I said it would, didn't it? It Bloody seems there. crazy. We were just talking <laughs> oh, about man. you being maybe a little bit depressed, and what has brought you out of your shell <laughs> you be, you, is, is the you fact that wrong. you get to say that you're right. Oh, it feels so good inside. Well, listen, I, uh, I I would certainly admit to the fact that you picked the seven teams, but I don't necessarily think that I I don't even remember doing the seven teams. I kind of stayed away from that. I mean, that's the that's the analyst role. I just guide yeah. you. I'm trying to set you up for success, and I think in yeah, anything, well, I appreciate. I should probably be credited because I was the one who said, Steve, what are the seven teams that are going to make yeah. the postseason? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to help 
you know, the people who are giving us their time to, to listen to this podcast, just trying to give them some insight and in, in what's going on in the world. And, uh, but you know, it just feels good. Let me just kind of bask in this moment. All right, now I'm done. Let's okay, talk so about now DC let's go back and let's <laughs> talk about the game on Sunday against DC United. Uh, you okay. had been talking about one of your keys: stop giving up leaky bad goals. New York, the last three games, hasn't given up any goals at all. And we started getting some points, you know, so um, that kind of worked in our favor, and it's absolutely wonderful to see. Um, I think it's safe to say that we're seeing some of the better games, at least for me. Well. Here, let's let's draw out into specifics because I think that's important because then it kind of frames I think what I'm going to say next. One of my biggest concerns um, when we talked about the you know the three big points that you always made fun of a couple months ago when I said the three big points were going to be not giving up leaky goals BWP BWP. I think that not leaking up goals and the reason why I stated it as number one is because if you don't give up goals and it gives your teams opportunity. Uh, the opportunities to score goals, stay in games, get your three points. We haven't had the BWP step in and that X factor step in yet, but he's gaining some, ga- you know, some powerful minutes. And I think, you know, we still have some time for him to be a complete game changer that I think he is. I always think that, you know, this is an opportunity for BWP since we've had such great diverse scoring, whether it be through Roy or Brian White. And, you know, Barlow scored a couple goals. I think we've had like 18 or 19 players this year score goals, which is absolutely amazing. I think it like ties, if I'm not mistaken, like an MLS record. So we've had other people step up in, in big occasions, and this is huge. But the reason why we said, you know, not giving up leaky goals because it keeps us in games, and we've seen that time and time again over the last couple of weeks, which is exactly what you want to do. So kudos to guys who I think, and I'm going to, you know, publicly say this, like I think Tim Parker – the last couple of games has played his best games of the entire season. Um, I think Aaron Long is starting to get focused on, you know, everything that's happened to him relative to you know, talks of transfers and all that kind of stuff. He stepped it up. You know, Kamara Lawrence has been healthy. You see a guy like a young kid, like Kyle Duncan, who, you know, he's, he's starting to learn and he's been an extreme talent getting forward. And he's been a huge asset for, you know, having that extra number getting forward on that right-hand side. But the thing, and I hope I'm not jinxing this right now, the thing that I've seen over the last couple of games that I did not, did not see from him is his responsibility to defend first and then get forward when you have the opportunity to get forward. And it seems like he's getting that message. I know he's getting it, that message from the coaching staff. So, you know, I think for us and for anybody who's a fan of the Red Bulls, you have to be optimistic a lot more optimistic now than you were a couple months ago for this team to really kind of you get you get BWP scoring some goals and keeping the other team on their heels because he's scoring goals and getting worried about him. You get Brian White healthy again, uh, who obviously is is a major major threat that we've learned scoring nine ten goals on the season. And you know I, I like our chances against any team any team in the Eastern Conference. Do I still prefer us being? Uh, you know, that four seed, definitely. But you look at the D.C. United game and how much success we've had against D.C. United, what, 10 games unbeaten now? I have no qualms playing that team. Whether it be Philadelphia Union, I'd obviously prefer to play them at home and then on the road. But, uh, you know, if we get in that four seed, that home field advantage, I think anything can happen with this team, uh, especially how well we've played defensively. 
We'll have some fun looking at potential playoff matchups uh, coming up in our second segment. But as we continue here, Steve, a lot in that answer that I want to break down. First and foremost, let's talk a little bit more about Kyle Duncan. We've made the point, you go back and look at games played. He hadn't played in a regular season game since early July. So skip July, August, and a good chunk of September gets thrown into the mix in a huge game in Portland, performs, scores a goal, uh, has helped this team with three shots outs and I think I asked you this on Sunday with the DC game sometimes is it is it just that easy for younger players to have it click at whatever the moment in this particular case for Kyle Duncan it's come in mid-September um I don't think it's easy at all I think what's helped him more than anything else is having the confidence to uh to understand that um you know we'll, we'll look at him scoring that early goal that helped his confidence, and uh, and he has been a player that you know has kind of been up and down. Um, and I think what the message, you know, I think the goal like solidified his confidence. But I think the message that has been delivered to him on a daily basis at practice and you know in any other you know games through national team is I think he he's starting to fully understand his responsibility and role on this team. As remember, you got to defend first you're going to have plenty of opportunities because of the way tactically we play to get forward. But you defend first and allow our team to stay in goals and don't make any defensive major blunders. Then, you know, I don't, I really don't care at all. If you score goals, just be engaged in the offense when you can be engaged and have be that extra numbers because it's going to spread the defense out. And, uh, and I mean, kudos to him because we're very fortunate to have a young player who's obviously very, very talented, playing with his utmost confidence right now. And that's exactly what you want for a young player. Steve, in that answer as well, I thought uh, the point of the center back pairing between Aaron Long and between Tim Parker, there's been injuries, there's been rumors of transfers, there's been both guys getting new contracts at the beginning part of the season, and I would 100% agree. I think over the course of the last three games, you've seen what made this team so good a year ago, which was Tim Parker being a physical presence and Aaron Long maybe being a little bit more of the, the technical type guy and organizing things in the back it looks like over the last three they've each kind of rediscovered what made them so good a year ago yeah i agree um you know this organization has spent you know some serious coin to say the least to solidify that back line with those two players and you had a guy like kamar lawrence who uh you know is easily you know, for me, the best left back in, in Major League Soccer, and you, and you, not, not to mention the uh, the stability of your keeper, and uh, you gotta feel comfortable and confident that you know, obviously these are very competent players, and and we spend for them, and uh, and now they're kind of showing their true colors right now. So that makes me, you know, more optimistic than I've been in a long, long t- time about this team, and I still, still, vi- I still really believe you know, wholeheartedly that we're going to see the, you know, the rising of a BWP who gets a goal, you know, at Montreal and he's going to come in with all that confidence and, uh, and it's going to be a game changer because it solidifies so many options for this coaching staff relative to, you know, with Brian White coming back in and stretching the defense and then maybe making a substitution late in the game or, you know, for a BWP, can we go two strikers? I mean, there's just so many great, you know, you know, striking fear options into the other team in the playoff. It's just, it, it kind of gets me really excited. And I, I, I'm really optimistic about this team right now because I look at, 
you know, all the other teams in the Eastern Conference and quite frankly, all the other teams in Major League Soccer and uh, in none of which, you know, causes me great concern, quite frankly. All right, let's hit the pause button just for a second and take the other side of it. If you took a negative out of the game from Sunday against D.C. United, was maybe that New York couldn't figure out a way to score a goal and D.C. was able to do their job, which was essentially try and grab a point and stay one point ahead, knowing that they've got a little bit of an easier game. And we'll talk about the schedule coming up later on Sunday. Um, and, and certainly it wasn't for lack of opportunities because New York dictated tempo. They had their style of play. They had some great chances. Remember the save from Bill Amid on the little flick from Christian Caceres. Um, But that would probably be the one negative, right, Steve? That in, yeah. in, in an opportunity to move into fourth and put pressure on both D.C. and Toronto – you were unable to do it for whatever the reason. It is frustrating, um, no doubt. But I, I don't know if I'm going to take it as a negative because you know I think I the only if we tied zero zero, um, I would take the you know obviously I would take the positive of not giving up goals. And then if we tied zero zero, now look at the you know the the game in itself and say you know what we weren't creating opportunities. I'm a little concerned, but we created opportunities and we created plenty of opportunities and it just came down to you know as i mentioned on the broadcast i i think bill's key save was by far i think save of the year in major league soccer i mean when you look at and i, I watched it a couple of times uh on uh, yesterday just kind of looking at it, i'm like how did that guy get to the ball um so we created some opportunities and i think the thing that kind of why i'm not too heavily concerned is that yes i do want that four spot and uh, but if it goes so far as we don't get that fourth spot and we have to go to DC United uh, for that first round of the playoffs, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all going to DC. The opportunity for New York to move up is still there. They will take on Montreal. All the games in Major League Soccer will start at 4 o'clock. Steve and I will be on the air uh, on Sunday north of the border at 3 o'clock with our hour-long countdown to kickoff pregame show. New York can go as high as 4. They could finish as low as 6. Right now, they start the weekend in 5th. We'll take a quick time out here. When we come back, we will look at potential playoff first-round matchups. We'll also preview Montreal a little bit, and we'll maybe see if Steve can dig into the memory bank and remember what it was like to be part of the MLS playoffs. All coming up right here inside the booth on the New York Red Bulls radio network. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. Hope you have all enjoyed what we've been able to do for you all season long here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. A reminder that you can find us on any podcast-type outlet, whether it's iTunes, Google, Stitcher. Uh, please, if you get a second, uh, drop us a little bit of a review and a rating. Any comments that you might have, you can leave there, or you can always contact uh, Steve and I via Twitter and on social media. It is Matt Harmon, Steve Jolly back here. We are inside the booth for our October edition. New York getting set to take on Montreal on Sunday, final day of the regular season in Major League Soccer, and playoff positioning still up for grabs. New York 
a point out of fourth. That would get the last home game in the Eastern Conference playoffs behind D.C. United, one ahead of Toronto. Here's the schedule as it sits for teams that still kind of figure in for that potential first-round home game. New York, as we said, will be in Montreal. Columbus will visit Toronto, and it's D.C. United who gets FC Cincinnati at home. Steve, I think the layman would look and say, well, D.C. and Toronto are both home give them three points, which does maybe put a little bit of pressure on New York because if both of those teams did win, New York would have to get three points against Montreal to make sure that they don't fall from five to six. Well, I I think think you still have to slowly roll there, Matt. Remember, Wayne Rooney, yellow card accumulations will not be playing in that final DC United game, though. So that could be a big X factor that uh, we should probably at least note. Um yeah, it's you know, you know obviously you're not going to see any changes with the seventh spot with New England Revolution uh, unless you know there's something that happens with Toronto. And this is one of the luxuries of this final weekend is that you know there's obviously two spots left and on the west the the Western Conference. Every single game has some kind of implication to it. Seems like other than the fact that NYC has guaranteed themselves that first round buy. Um, you know, it's just the, when I look at the matchups, you know, I'm just. There's so many things that, you know, you look at teams like, you know, Atlanta that have, you know, you look at the dominant teams at home. Uh, and when I say dominant teams in the home at the Eastern Conference, there's really been three of them, right? There's NYC, Atlanta, and Philadelphia Union. Philadelphia Union is a dominant team at home, but they're not so good on the road. And we've had a lot of success with them. Atlanta, again, a dominant team at home. But, you know, who's the team that has had a lot of success against them at Atlanta? Us. NYC is the X factor. I don't know what to think about that. But, um, you know, I think everything will work itself out. I think, you know, Red Bulls will get the win and and dictate their, their spot at the fourth seed. And, uh, and I think DC United, as much as, you know, they have their home game against the Cincinnati team, I think Cincinnati is going to be fighting. Uh, in this game more so than a Montreal impact game. And I'm saying that because I think Montreal impact are saying to themselves, you know what? It's been a horrible season. No question about it. Uh, at least major league soccer regular season, but we got our Canadian championship. We're happy about that. We can almost to some degree rest on our laurels a little bit on this final game. Cause it really doesn't matter as opposed to FC Cincinnati, which we all know are going to have some tremendous changes in the off season. Um, no different than, you know, I think they're positioning themselves as kind of the Minnesota United of the Eastern Conference, meaning they're just going to get through that that first year and just deal with the failures, knowing that, you know, they're got a new stadium come in to fruition and they're going to spend some money this offseason to really change themselves. And, and Cincinnati, I think, is going to fight a little bit harder and they're going to make it a little bit more difficult for D.C. United without, again, a Wayne Rooney. I still don't know what the heck's happening with Acosta at, at DC United. Maybe somebody can explain that one to me. Seems to be but, crazy, uh, right? The, I mean, whoa, whoa. And, uh, we, we remember when we were down there in the, in the middle of August, and that was kind of when he was going through the beginning stages of not really factoring into the lineup, the starting 11, and he was basically an afterthought in this game over the course of the weekend at Red Bull Arena. He came in like the 92nd minute, right? He I was mean, basically the sub to kill off to kill time. time. How about that? You know, one of your better players, if not, you know, yeah, one of your better players uh, is coming off a nice second. So they, they got some drama there. That's why, I don't know, I think it's all going to work itself out. Uh, you know, and speaking of drama, I'm going to throw this one out there because this is a big curveball. You ready? Sure. Los Angeles, Los Angeles football claim will not, will not make the MLS Cup. Okay. 
I like How that. How do you feel about that one? I, 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 think, I, I think I'm okay with that, too, because generally it is pretty hard to win a but, supporter shield and then carry it all the way through the postseason. Yeah, well, I'm saying that because, yes, they do have the best player in Major League Soccer, I think, in Bella. But uh, I just feel like some weird thing is going to happen relative to the L.A. Galaxy and them playing the Galaxy in L.A., that one versus four seed in the second round because they get that first bye. I just think it's going to be – I don't know. Something's going to happen there. I got a strange, strange feeling about that that Western Conference. I know I'm throwing your curveball by talking about the Western Conference already, but uh, you know, I think we know what we need to do here on the Eastern Conference. I think the Western Conference is going to – you know, obviously that – People are more focused on, on on Red Bull and not thinking too much about that Western Conference. But for me and my money, I'm going to throw it out there and say the LA Galaxy are going to make it to the MLS Cup. Galaxy have had LAFC's numbers since the two teams uh, have been part of the league. So it will certainly be interesting if they do match up in what would be the second round of the playoffs. Obviously, brand new format this year. It's pretty much one and done. Seven teams from each conference. Top team gets a bye. That will be LAFC in the West. It will be New York City in the East. It's two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. There's no reseeding that takes place uh, in between the rounds. So where you finish, you kind of know what's coming up for you, uh, depending on how the games go. For this New York Red Bull team, they will head to Montreal. Steve, it's been a little bit bit, I'll say, of a house of horrors for New York. They have struggled to get points, uh, whether it's been at Olympic Stadium or at uh, Saputo Stadium. It's very difficult for New York to play, but as you said, the Impact already have their Canadian championship. They know that changes are coming. They have a, a head coach in Wilmer Cabrera that took over towards the end part of the season, and I almost wonder, and I was thinking about this as, as we left the stadium the other night against D.C., is this a game that for Montreal, they almost don't play a lot of their normal guys because you you might want to see what guys can do going into the offseason ding, that, ding, that, ding, that, ding, that ding, maybe ding, haven't ding, played ding. a whole lot. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Um, I like Wilmer as a coach. I'm not going to lie. I have a history with Wilmer. I think he's a great guy. Um, but I, I'm, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, it, it's just a completely different dynamic our game against Montreal as opposed to D.C. United's games against Cincinnati. And I think – we're going to see some some interesting storylines, so I would definitely uh, you know stay tuned to to what happens there, and it gives me you know that belief that you know like how great would it be, and I will continue to go back this if we go into this playoff season with four straight games of not giving up a goal or four straight you know unbeaten games and stuff like that, and what that means to this confidence to this team. Um, I still think, you know, for and it's a little bit different on the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference travel in the playoffs is going to be very interesting. I know that we get that international break, but when the playoffs come, they're going to come quickly. And uh, and if you have a tough travel schedule, uh, that could that could factor in something. But, um, you know, I still like our chances of getting through to the fourth seed. I still like our chances of being very, very dangerous in this uh in this playoff and uh and i i gotta tell you I, I'm, I'm very very optimistic the uh, of what this team can do now that they've started putting you know some real focus in terms of what they need to do to accomplish some big big goals that they they each have for themselves these two teams did play in early May, and that was a 2-1 victory at Red Bull Arena uh, for the Impact game that took place on May 8th. It was a really good month for New York, and that was one of the little hiccups along the way. Again, the two teams will match up 4 o'clock 
up in Montreal coming up on Decision Day. I thought it would be fun, Steve, to maybe go back a little bit and see if I could jog your memory, see if you can remember uh, your fondest memories of maybe playing in the MLS playoffs, especially this year with the change in format. If if you had to pick maybe one or two things of things that you remember from from your playing days and just how exciting it was to be part of the postseason. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at Major League Soccer, um, the one thing that has been consistent, I guess, than anything else is that uh, it, long season. It's a long, long season, and you love nothing more than to, you know, finish up the season knowing that you have a chance of, of, of doing something big that, you know, you'll always, you know, remember. And, you know, you, you forget a lot, especially, you know, if you're fortunate enough to play in a lot of playoff, um, you know, games of which, you know, I got lucky there and had a good run for most of my career. Um, it's the big games that you kind of never forget, whether that be in, you know, 1999 and losing the MLS Cup final with the LA Galaxy against DC United. That one really stings. Um, and then following it up um, with 2000, uh, I think uh, when you look at, you know, some of the better teams that MetroStars Red Bull ever had, uh, I'd be hard pressed to, uh, to, or, or quite frankly, I'd debate anybody uh, against our 2000 team against any other team that's literally ever been uh, associated with this organization. Um, just to give you a couple ideas in terms of you know names that you know I think really made a difference because if you, I don't know if you remember 2000 season. I mean, it, they they were atrocious in 1999. Nick Sakavis comes in, brings in Octavio Zambrano, and they make wholesale changes. And you've got guys like keepers, Mike Amon, and then obviously, you know, Tim Howard was his backup. Mark Chung, Ramiro Corrales, he had like a 15-year career. Um, Thomas Dooley, uh, I told Tim Howard, and I'm going to say some other big-name guys. And then the trades for Daniel Hernandez, Clint Mathis, uh, running Roy Myers, who was literally one of my favorite players of all time. Um, and then when you talk about player of the ball of time, my number one best U.S. soccer player of all time, Tab Ramos, uh, was on that uh, team as well. And then we had Adolfo Valencia up top, El Train, Peter Villegas out wide. I mean, that was a solid, solid team that, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I think we lost in that semifinals. But we were a good team that I think went from like – uh, an organization that was really struggling to define themselves in 1999 to a team that, you know, quite frankly, could have easily won the championship in 2000. Uh, we did have that uh, wonderful X factor of uh, Lothar Mateus in 2000, which was always uh, I, I, interesting. Uh, that's a good way of saying it. That's a good way of saying it. I still, to this day, like can't even put my head around the idea of you know playing with the next and sitting in the locker room next to a guy that went to like five World Cups, and you're just like, how did this guy get there, man? He's just he's so not engaged in this process. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that, it's just um, you know that 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 for me, if I if I'm thinking about highlights of teams that were put together, that 2000 team. Knowing what they went through, as a you know, fans went through in 1999 to turn around that quickly. I think we won the Eastern Conference in 2000 and put a team together that, uh, you know, all credit to. Let's be honest, Octavian Zambrano and Nick Sakevich. I know some people have some harsh views on those two individuals, but you know, they put a team together that uh, that could really you know challenge 
you know, any team in Major League Soccer that year. Yeah, that 2000 team, 17, 12, and 3 during the course of the regular season, uh, did get knocked out in the semifinals of the MLS playoffs. Uh, as we as we wrap it up, maybe, and think, it, with even still a game to go, and depending on where New York finishes, 4, 5, or 6, those are the three spots that they can match up. And they could play anybody from... Atlanta, Philadelphia in a 3-6 game. They could play Toronto or D.C. in some sort of 4-5 matchup. Are you are you excited? Are you a fan of what the new format brings, having it just be one Huge and done fan. as opposed to the home and home? Huge fan. Huge fan of it. And I can tell you why, because I think it puts more of a uh, an emphasis on uh, – you know, you look at the numbers, and I mean, it's staggering the difference between, you know, your success rate at home as opposed to away. Um, you know, that's a that's a big, big benefit for a team. And you know, you go through this long season with an opportunity to play a game or two at home when it, you know, the end all be all, and not having the home away. I think it's the way to do things. And I'm glad that the league finally went that way, and I'm glad that they positioned it as you know somebody getting a buy as well. Um, in this case, uh, you know, NYCFC. Um, you know, so I'm a big, big fan. Um, I don't particularly like the, you know, the old school way of, you know, I think there was two and three game series. Um, I just think you got to give more credit to, uh, you know, how a team's played over the course of the season. And then we get it, you know, it's easy for people to kind of just, you know, uh, you know, listen, let's be honest. Most of the casual fans of major league soccer or sports fans in this country have no concept of the home and away kind of mindset. So, you know, we're dumb it down a little bit, make it easier for you know, entertainment purposes and say, you know what, you know, this is the team we're playing on today. We win, we go to the next round. If not, then, you know, our season's over and that's the way it is. Um, I look at the Eastern Conference and I look at teams, whether it be NYC, Atlanta, D.C., you know, I, I'm not too worried about those teams. Uh, if, if there's one X factor, and, and you know my opinion about the Philadelphia Union team, I, I, you know, they've struggled of, of late and I, I knew they would because they're not very de- you know, deep and I think they have some struggles in the back line and making some mental mistakes, which I think is going to cost them. But um, I, do, I don't particularly – I don't think I would enjoy – no matter how great of commute it would be for me to play Philadelphia uh, at Philadelphia in the first round, would be interesting because you knew you know one thing uh, that when they host a playoff game and they are certain of that, that place will definitely be jumping because um, the opportunity of making the playoffs is something that the Union have seen few and far between. So having a home game, uh, one would think it will be a very very tough and uh, challenging That's a tough atmosphere. One. That's a tough one. That's for me in the Eastern Conference. That's the toughest. I think they have the best home field advantage in in, in Eastern Conference. I, I might tend to agree with that. It will be interesting to see how it goes for this New York Red Bull team and organization. Ten straight years in the playoffs. They've got one more game coming up on Sunday against Montreal. Again, Steve and I will be on the air right around 3 o'clock. Countdown to kickoff our pregame show. We do it for you each and every game. 60 minutes of fun right before kickoff. Then we'll lead you all the way through decision day and we'll know exactly where New York will finish right around 6 o'clock or so on Sundays. Please join us for that one via our tune-in radio channel, the New York Red Bulls app, NewYorkRedBulls.com. Partner, always love doing this. You know, we were having fun before we even started. Uh, it would be great if we just did this. This this was what we did every day. Just talk soccer every single day. It would be it would be so much fun. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, like, uh, you know, a boy can dream, right? A boy can dream. We'll just keep it optimistic. And uh, I think you turned my mood around there, buddy. Like, I was I was in a dark place. I'm looking at manufacturing numbers in the, in the Midwest, and I get all worried about what's happening in the world, at least in, in, my, in my my real job here. And uh, and then you, you, we talk soccer, and we talk, you know, Red Bulls. And uh, more importantly, we talk about how I was right on the seven teams in the Eastern Conference. And there you go. The I'm, sun I'm, 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 the I'm sun happy. is shining. The sun is shining for Steve Jolly. For all of us here at the New York Red Bulls Radio Network, thanks for joining us. We'll have continued coverage all the way through the postseason. Stick around, and as always, we ask you to leave a comment, rating, review on what we do here with our uh, podcast, which include this Inside the Booth, our Coaches One, and our Players Only podcast. Kicking it for Steve Jolly, I'm Matt Harmon. Uh, hope to see you or hope to have you listen to us on Sunday and then catch you in the postseason. We'll be doing this all uh, postseason long. Thanks again for joining us here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network.